You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. Today we're doing part four, and our, uh, our sermon today is called, You Can Know, You Can Know. First John chapter five, we'll get right into it today, verses uh, 11 to 13 is where we're going to kick off, and let's read those today. It says this, this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. And here's, here's another one of those, I have written this. And I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. So that you may know you have eternal life. Awesome. If you died tonight, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven? What would your answer be? How could you answer a question like that? Do you have the ability to answer it with confidence, with assurance, or would your answer be, mm, I'm not sure, uh, I've done some good things, I'm, I'm not as bad as other people. Um, but here's what the Bible says. You can know. You can know that you have eternal life. A life that's real is a life that's built on reality. It's, it's not built on false hopes or lies, a real a, a real hope, a real assurance, a real confidence is based on truth. And Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And Peter said this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. He said, for we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. He's saying, listen, we saw him. Jesus said he was the truth, and the disciples knew that he was the real deal. John, that we're looking at in his book today, Peter, and all the other disciples. In fact, all of them, except for John, actually died for their faith. They were martyrs. And now they weren't willing to die just because uh, of a make-believe story. Who wants to die for something that's not real? But they were, they were willing to give their lives because they knew what they saw. They knew what they heard. They knew the time that they spent with Jesus. And he proved to them over and over and over again that he was real and that eternal life was found only in him. They were absolutely convinced that Jesus spoke the truth and that eternal life awaited anybody who would believe and receive his message. And this is why they were willing to give their lives for this truth. John writes it to his, to his listeners, to, uh, to his readers, which includes us today. He wants us to know it. You can know that you have eternal life. You know, when a person is filled with doubt and fear, it's really difficult to live a happy, productive life. And uh, it, it always seems to sidetrack you, hold you back, sort of stifle you, uh, hinder your, you know, your, your getting into things. And, uh, and, and that's what doubt and fear does to us. It, 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 it stops us from becoming all we can be. 
And the same is true with our spiritual lives. If we're not certain where we stand with God, it becomes more difficult to pray. It becomes more difficult to worship. It becomes more difficult to serve him because we're just not sure of our standing with him. We're just not sure if he loves us. We're just not sure if this is all true. It impacts our spiritual life as well. And this is why it's so important for John and for us still to know where we stand. We can know that we have eternal life, John says. We can know that we're saved. We can know that we're forgiven. We can know that we are loved by a great God. Amen. See, if we truly have a relationship with Jesus, he will change us. We will not remain the same. It will not happen. Forgiveness and eternal life are found only in him. And so when he comes into our life, change will come. And now this salvation that he brings, we have to, we have to just clarify, if you're watching and you don't know this truth, understand this. You can't earn it. You can't earn his salvation. You can't earn it by good behavior. You can't earn it. It is an act of God that we receive by faith. Look at these two really foundational type verses that gives us a clue into this, this whole process of salvation. John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. There's another one that's just as core to this topic. It's Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. This is foundational. Salvation arrives when we put our trust and our faith in Jesus, when we receive him. It says if you receive him and believe in him, then you will not perish but have eternal life. And Paul reminds the Ephesians and us, listen, it's not by works. You can't do good things to earn it. It is the grace of God. He loved us first and offers us salvation to all who would believe and receive his message. So we become this new creation. The old life is gone and something new begins in us, this, this process of transformation. Paul said something interesting in 2 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 5. It says this, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Paul says, examine yourselves. Make sure that your faith is real. Make sure that you can say, if someone says, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven? And your answer would be yes. Make sure that your faith is real. And so how do we do that? Well, John gives us several things to check to make sure that our relationship with Jesus is on the right track, to make sure that our connection with him is strong. And so I want to give you just uh, three today that he mentions. Uh, the first one is he gives us, or we should be growing, if we're going to check if our salvation is real, he said, check your behavior. 
you should have new behavior. That's the first one. So if our belief in him is real, it should show in our actions, not just in our words, but in our actions. 1 John 2.29 says, Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. And 1 John 3.7, he says, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. See, it's easy, so easy for all of us to say things, but true change, when we really change, it will always display itself in our behavior. It should come out. 1 John 1, 5 and 6, look at this. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Has there been a real change? Oh, yeah, okay, I'll add that one too. If we're lying, and so we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. So the question is, do, has there been a real change in us? Has there been a real change in my ways? Am I growing more joyful? Am I growing more honest in my relationships, in my business practice? Am I growing more compassionate, more understanding, more merciful? Is the life of Christ beginning to flourish in me? It's hard sometimes to examine ourselves that way, but Paul, Paul really, really challenges us, and John does as well in many different ways. Check, check. You can say whatever you want, but check, check. Your actions speak loud. John says behavior is important. Those that love the Lord obey the Lord. Those that serve the Lord will find themselves changing and growing in how they behave. Do I have a growing desire to please God? Do I have a growing desire to avoid sin? Look at Ephesians 4, 22. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And just one more, 1 John 5, 3 says, Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Wow. Is obeying the Lord and doing His will is it, is it a growing joy for you, or is it a burden? See, a Holy Spirit-controlled life wants to serve the Lord, wants to please the Lord. He says, you won't find doing His will, following His, 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 His wishes, His commands for your life. You won't find it a burden. You'll actually find it a joy. Why? Because even in our obedience to him, we are experiencing a freedom that we've never experienced before. And this is an amazing truth. Are we growing in our desire to do his will? Are we keeping our relationship to him alive, close, vibrant? Do we want to make progress? Are we growing? Do we want to grow? Um, or has that passion and that commitment to Jesus been fading in us. 
One thing that I have felt, and I'm sure you all have felt, we've felt the effects of this lockdown and COVID and all the things that we've been through for almost a year now. And I'll tell you, one of the things that it can do to us is it can kind of put us in this apathetic survival type, you know, our mental health is suffering. This is something that we need to check to say, Lord, I'm, I need to get close to you again. I, 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 there's been things in my life that are pulling you apart, but I, I want to get back to where I was. I need, I need that close relationship. I need you in my life. I need your power. I need your strength. I need you. And so it's good to check every once in a while. Check our behavior. Check our attitudes. Check our actions and what we're thinking and feeling about the Lord. See, a person that is born of God has been spiritually transformed on the inside. That's just the truth. And because we've been transformed on the inside, it has to show on the outside. You know, like it, it, we can't see the wind, so to speak, when it blows, but you can see the evidence of its work. You can see the evidence of its power. No one can maybe see the Holy Spirit in us, but they can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit that lives through us. Come on, someone said amen. This is, uh, uh, this is who we are in Christ. A changed life, my friends, is a powerful testimony that cannot be refuted. People do notice, by the way. You know, it, it, it was, you know, we hear phrases like, he used to be like this, but wow, has he ever changed. She used to talk like this, but wow, has her attitude ever changed. This is powerful. I was reading this little, this little story this week about a man who ran a lumber yard, and he was always trying to shortchange his customers. If you went in and asked for a 12-inch long board, he'd, he'd give you an 11-inch board, and he just was kind of mean and nasty that way. And he, he encountered the Lord and got saved, and his life was transformed. And somebody went into his shop and asked for an 8-inch board, and guess what he got? An 8-inch board. And he walked out and told his friends, he said, I don't know what happened to him, but something did, because I asked for an 8-inch board, and I got an 8-inch board. It, it, we change when we encounter Jesus. A saved person is a changed person. And if you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. Hey, and if you're happy, clap your hands. Isn't that something like that? Yeah. Hey, so a changed life comes into us when we meet him. If we're saved and you know it for sure, then your life will surely show it. Jesus said this in Matthew 5.16. He said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. See, this is when somebody sees the difference that the Lord has made in your life. A personal testimony is powerful and cannot be refuted when it displays itself in a changed life. Isn't that awesome? This is what he can do in us. So check. John says, is, is, is your obedience, is your connection, is your behavior in line? Because if you want to know if your salvation is real, if you want to know that your connection with Jesus is strong, your behavior should begin to change. Second, he says this, you should begin to experience 
new love. 1 John 3.14, it says, If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. And 1 John 4, 7 and 8, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, it's Valentine's Day, and... Rose, congratulations on getting 165 chocolates. Good job. I think your family's eating some right now, right over here on my right side. So uh, hopefully save some for Rose over there, you guys. Okay. But listen, it's Valentine's Day. It's the day that we celebrate and remember and appreciate and value the people that we love. Jesus is or should be, or let me, let me put it this way. When Jesus is a part of our lives, John says we will experience love in a greater measure. He is the greatest love that there is. He's the greatest lover that there is. He's the lover of our soul. That, that it says, you know, the Bible says it's not, it's wonderful, you know, that we love God, but the miracle is, is that God loves us. You know, in our, in our disobedience, in our sin, in our weakness, in our insignificance to his power and greatness, he chooses to love us with a love that is forever and eternal, a love that transforms us and changes us, a love that gives us hope and truth and power. His love is the greatest love ever. And so on Valentine's Day, we have to remember when we're connected, when we're checking you know, when we're checking our growth and our connection to the Lord, how's your love doing? How's your love, how's your love factor doing? Are you growing? Well, we, we should be experiencing love in a greater measure. We, we're going to be growing in our appreciation of his love for us. And the more that you understand the Lord and the more time you spend with him, the more you appreciate how incredibly supernatural and miraculous his love is. But we will also be growing in our ability to love others. And this is how, again, it displays out in our behavior. 1 John 4, verses 10 to 12, it says, This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Isn't that pretty incredible? If God's love is in us, then we should love one another. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, well, you don't know the person that's in my life. Yeah, you, you may be right. And there are people in our lives that... Granted, are more difficult to love. You have them, I have them, we all have them. We've all experienced that. But here's the truth, okay? Our connection to Jesus will help us love the people that are difficult to love. This is a transformative love. It's a new love. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit at work. And actually, you know 
the Holy Spirit is at work in you when you find yourself praying for that difficult person, feeling compassion for them, trying to understand them, hoping for a positive change in your relationship with them. See, that's God's love in action in you. That's what's going on. That's not you. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. He's growing new love in you. Look at Romans 12, verse 19. It says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And one other one, Matthew 5, verse 43, it says, Jesus says, this is Jesus speaking, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. See, this is new love growing in us. Like I said, when you feel yourself wanting to pray for this person, feeling compassion, some kind of understanding, wanting the relationship to be healed. See, we don't do that on our own. Our natural tendency is to shun, to get revenge, to push aside. But when God's love begins to grow in us, there's something in us that even wants the difficult people in our lives to somehow make that better, to somehow find a way. This is the supernatural power of God's love. You can't do that on your own. But when you have Jesus inside, he gives you ability to love and your love begins to grow. It's a sign, by the way, it's always a sign that you've been changed on the inside when you have this kind of new love growing in you. So that's number two. And lastly, uh, there's more, but, you know, we can't be here all day. Oh, I'm just going to give you three, okay? So the third one is this. New strength. New strength. So when Paul says, check your salvation, and John talks about you can know that you have eternal life. And he says, do you have new behavior growing in you? Do you see yourself changing? Do you have new love that's growing on the inside, even for the, for the difficult people in your life? And number three, he says, are you experiencing new strength, new power, new victory in the Lord? Because that comes when we're connected. That comes with eternal life. So look at this, new strength. 1 John 5, 4. It says, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. So every child of God should be developing a new strength on the inside that is helping us to overcome. Somebody said amen. Every child of God should be developing new strength that you didn't have before on the inside that is helping you to overcome. The things that used to defeat us, you are now defeating them. 
we can do all things through Christ who gives us what? Strength. Who gives us the strength. New strength comes from him. We are overcomers, not because of our strength, but because of his. And when we are connected to him, his strength flows into us. And we can do what we couldn't do before in terms of overcoming some of our issues. Those who have truly received his new life have the strength of the Lord. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We are children of God, heirs of God. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. This is who we are. We can overcome. We can see victory over the things in our lives that are tripping us up. As we stay in close connection to him, if we stay in close fellowship, as John likes to say in this book, stay in close fellowship with him, you can take every thought captive. You can find his peace even in the midst of your stress. You can find courage courage and strength. You can, you can find the ability to make it through. This is what he does. He is able, folks. Come on. He is able. He is able. And you are able because of your connection to him. That was pretty good. If you were here, you'd say amen. Say amen anyway, no matter where you are. Come on. He is able, and you are able because of your connection to him. New strength is found in Jesus and being connected to Jesus. Look at this. Just some inspiring, encouraging verses today. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Come on. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Romans 8, 37, one more. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Wow, that's some awesome stuff. Even young people, it says, even youths will grow tired and weary, but those who put their trust in the Lord will find new strength. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who gives us the strength. Come on. Are you experiencing this new strength? It is yours in Christ. And so we have got to get back there. If we've lost it, we've got to get it back. If, if we're checking our salvation and say, Lord, how's my connection to you? John says, look, check your behavior, check your love, and check your strength. How are you doing in these three things? If they're growing and strong, then good. But if somehow you've lost your way, you need to find your way back. You need to get the connection back with him. You need to remove any barrier that's in your way and get close to him again. We can overcome. A person who has Jesus is growing and is changing. That's just a fact. We must feed ourselves good stuff that will encourage growth in the Lord. See, if something is being a negative influence, 
If something is dragging us down, folks, it's time to let it go. It's time to let the good things of, the, the good things of God grow stronger in us and let the things that are, that are weighing me down, holding me back, slowing me up, I need to let these things go. And I need the wisdom and the strength and the courage to do it. If you died tonight, would you go to heaven? See, the answer for the child of God is a resounding yes. Not because of my goodness, not because of my good works, but because of a Savior who loved me and died for me and is now waiting for me on the other side. His name is Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We read 2 Corinthians 13, 5, where Paul said, examine yourselves. Make sure that your faith is genuine. Make sure that you're doing all right. Check to see that even in these three things that I mentioned today, check to see that these things are alive in your life, that they're growing in your life. New behavior, new love, and new strength comes to those who are connected to Jesus. If you feel like they're not there as much as you want or as much as you used to have, then you need to check your connection to the power source. You know, I'm standing here on the stage and there's lights on me. And you know what would happen if I walked just over there and I pulled that plug? All these lights would go out and you wouldn't see my beautiful face. <laughs> That's what would happen. Things work when we're connected to the power source. Things don't work very well when we're not connected to the power source. So if something, if one of these areas or something else in your life is not working that well, check your connection. He is powerful and overwhelmingly able to do more than you can ask or think. So check your connection. When you plug in to his power, it will flow in you and it will flow out of you. So get rid of anything that's blocking and move forward in that new power, that new strength, that new love, and that new behavior. Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.